0: Got Your Back Podstream is brought to you by KinPrint. For all your company's promotional needs, they do it all apparel, promotional products using the highest quality brands. They do logo design, signage, and printing. KinPrint will promote your brand with excellence. Visit KinPrint.ca. How's she going, folks? Welcome to Got Your Back, live post-game edition. Hope you're having a great Saturday night. The Oilers have run their winning streak to 13 games. No Canadian team has ever done it. Craig McTavish, Jason Strudwick, standing by to break down this game. As always, the podcast brought to you by Sherwood Buick GMC, and they are thrilled To announce that thanks to your support they are proudly maintaining their position as the number one gmc volume dealership in the country thanks to your loyalty they want to thank you for making your preferred dealership and here's to many more years of shared success visit phil and the crew in sherwood park or online at www.gmcpod.com they know how to make your car buying experience easy highly recommend you go see them just off baseline road on the way into sherwood park coming at you from our long shot studio here in Sherwood Park. They're available for corporate events. Did you know? Why not? Get the whole staff together. Go down, hit some balls, talk some shop, have some fun. Great spot for a corporate event that has long shots locations in the park here. And out on Stony Plain Road, coming to us from a hotel room. Always find it creepy when the bed is in the background. Rick Ferraro does it all the time on the Randregs Hockey Podcast, right? That's, that's your bed back there. Have you slept in that yet? or just Is it a fresh bed at least?
1: No, oh, it's fresh. I mean, that's a pretty personal question. Uh, but uh, no, not yet. I haven't. Uh, it's 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 midnight. Uh, not even what time? is it? not even ten forty-five. Ten forty-five. After- no, I didn't have a nap today. I'm in Red Deer um, for uh, an event with some friends. But uh, no, nothing, nothing. So I'll do the podcast and probably. Put my massive head on those pillows back there in a bit.
0: Good stuff. Uh, Craig Mctavish gonna be joining us any second here. Struds, you're in Red Deer for uh, kind of fitting uh, an alumni event, a Battle of Alberta alumni type thing. What what you have going, buddy? Yeah, and, uh, ATB
1: invites us down. My good buddy John Winwick. So it yep. was Tim Hunter and myself, and it's it's weird because I, I like I watched Tim Hunter growing up, and he and Smanko battling, and I, I got I thought they fought a bunch. They fought four times. Smanko and Tim Hunter. And uh, you know, so it's kind of like a childhood idol of mine or someone I admired growing up, and then you get to talk to him uh, on kind of a, a casual level, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome, Mac. T, you got us, bud?
2: Yes, I do, guys. Hi,
0: hey, hey, Craig, thank so much for joining us. Uh, Struds is just uh, he's in Red Deer at an alumni event tonight, and he was just singing the praises of uh, Tim Hunter. How do we feel about that, Mac?
2: Oh. Well, it's been long enough that we buried the hatchet. I think uh, <laughs> Tim Hunter's the, the only guy. Well, he's for sure the only guy that I tried to kick while he was down. But I'm not. I'm not proud of it. But uh, we had a lot of battles with them. And you talked a little bit about Samank and I heard a really funny story about those two. Um, Samank We're in Calgary. All the crazy things happened in that Calgary Flame locker room for whatever reason for the Oilers when I was a part of it. But Mm -hmm. anyway, the guy was telling me that uh, Samank was in the starting lineup when Glenn Sather came in to give the starting lineup. And uh, he had uh, Samank on the left side with Gretz and Yarg. And Samank's like, hey, you know, what took him so long? You know, to get me up there. <laughs> and uh so he starts the game and uh sure enough the play goes down into Calgary's end and Samank goes to the net with a stick on the ice and Gretz lays it over to Samank and he puts it in the empty net. He goes back to the face off circle and uh the puck drops, he's lined up against Tim Hunter and uh drops his gloves and uh you know, kicks the crap. And I asked Tim Hunter about this, too, when he was inducted into the Alberta Sports Hall of Fame last summer. But uh, dropped the gloves and uh, kicked the crap out of Tim Hunter. And they both go to the penalty box. And uh, Tim Hunter yells over to Samank, you know, Sammy, what'd you do that for? Well, Hunt, you said, uh, Sammy, let's go. And Hunt said, No. I said, Sammy, nice goal.
1: (laughs) 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 That's fantastic.
2: And and then he kicked the crap out of him. But uh, yeah, those were, that was a different era in the Battle of Alberta, although tonight was pretty intense uh, in the Saddle Dome, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, no question. That's a great story, Mac. Uh, with that, let's get to breaking down the game because it was a pretty good game brought to you by Mr. Dirk. Our breakdown is the iconic men's clothing store in Edmonton, founded in 1939. If you've never been, you got to check it out. Just off White Avenue and 102nd Street. they have an amazing selection, brand-name suits and sport coats and casual wear, everything you need to elevate your wardrobe. Go check out Mr. Dirk. You can see what they have. At MrDirk.com. I was trying to think of where to start this, Mac. And then, you know, I was watching that last minute of play. I don't think there's anywhere to start this breakdown of this game other than Zach Hyman's last minute and a half between that block shot and then that effort to seal the thing. That was like Zach Hyman, uh, everything he is, all in one couple of sequences there.
2: Yeah yeah well we've always talked about you know the game reveals your character and uh never more so than uh, what you saw in the last minute of zach hyman that guy has just been an amazing signing for the oilers he and uh uh matthias at i mean those guys are just solid solid people first and foremost and uh you know, just fantastic teammates. I mean, it's always to me a bit of really, maybe not underappreciated quality, but under recognized quality to be a good teammate and, uh, to be supportive because we're all kind of inherently, uh, selfish. I mean, it's built into our DNA, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, you have to do things for the betterment of the group if you're going to have you know, success in a championship caliber team. And those guys, I mean, they've just added so much to the overall character of the group and the experience level of the group. And I mean, that, that, I mean, he's such a great visual example of what it's like to be a pro and all the young guys coming into the Euler organization are really, going to be super benefited by watching that guy's day-to-day preparation and the enthusiasm that he approaches the game and the energy that he brings to the rink and uh you know amazing signing uh for the Oilers both those guys and and Matthias Ekholm's the same
1: you know, Mac, I think just to kind of chime off what you're saying, what I respect about those two guys, I think everyone would, is just they don't just do it um, you know, when you're up a ton or down a ton or when it's convenient. They seem to do the right thing or try to do the right thing all the time. And the effect it has on your teammates, I think, is 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 real because it's not just convenient. Like he's not just trying to score the empty net goal. Well, of course he is, but he would have done that if it was five-two or two-five or mm-hmm. whatever. And I think that makes a big difference, Mac. It's not just choosing the right time for you. It's whenever the right time is is all the time for those two guys specifically.
2: Yeah, there's no there's no backing off, and I mean I don't discount the moment added to a little bit of the intensity that he showed. On that race against Rasmus Anderson, but <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, because you know it, the game's on the line for sure. It's yep. I mean, Calgary's they're gonna they're gonna have a couple good looks if the Oilers don't put the puck in. the net. And that and that was a that was a huge goal. But yeah, those guys, they just you know, it's rare that uh, you know. I always used to say to players, you, you know, get caught doing something right once in a while. And, uh, I mean, those guys do nothing but the right things in the way they approach the game. And, you know, you you and I feel the same way and view the game the same way, Strud's, in a lot of ways that, you know, it's it's the maximization of your God-given skill. And you have all these um, intrinsic, softer qualities that enable guys like Zach Hyman that aren't, you know, beautiful, physical-looking hockey player, and staying with Eckholm to uh, play the game at a much higher level than guys that visually look like they have uh, a greater skill set, but it's determination and work ethic and selflessness and all those things that, you know, we talk a lot about uh, in assessing players that, are so are so important to uh, for individuals to maximize their potential as players.
1: Yeah. So, Mac, I want to talk to you a little bit about the deployment of lines. It, it felt early, especially in the first period. The Oilers got the advantage often with their first or second line against a little bit against the fourth line, but it seemed like they were against the third pairing of Calgary, which you know with Osterley and uh, Gilbert, and and it, it was just. Uh, how does that happen when you're the home team and you get your third pairing against other teams? You know, one of the top two players in the league, and Leon O'Connor?
2: Yeah, well, that's that's a good question. That's uh, a question best served to the d- defenseman coach. But in in a lot of instances, as as you know, in a lot of instances, it's it's a matchup more against defense defenseman against the forward line and forward line against forward line mm-hmm. and uh I mean as a coach I did some hard matching when I had Marchant Morrow and Greer because those guys were really good against the other team's elite lines uh but mostly you know I'd I'd talk a little bit to Charlie about what he thought you know the matchups would be and uh generally just left it up to him to make sure that, uh, he had the right D pair out there against the right forward line. And he was incredibly adept at doing that.
1: You know, cause Mac, I honestly, when I played, I always felt like I kind of knew who was being put out there. And I think there's only three sets of D men. So if I see Connor Leon going on and I'm the third pairing, I'm like, there's only one other option the other two defensemen. So they jumped the boards and, you know, the owners I thought took advantage of it and they scored their first goal against the third pairing. And I, I just, it just, to me, it's, it's such a tight game in that moment. I, I just don't think that's acceptable to have that happen because on Calgary, specifically their top four to their next two, there's a massive drop. And that's with all due respect to Austerly and and Gilbert, but I think there's a massive drop off there. And I thought that was really something that, uh, the flames overlooked there, uh, you know, early in the game.
2: Yeah. Well, it sounds like it. It's, uh, I mean, sometimes it's difficult to consistently get that pair. As you know, I yeah. remember yeah. the one time when I was coaching, uh, with Mark Habscheid at the world championship in, uh, I can't remember where they were, Germany or, or, uh, somewhere, but, uh, yeah. Mark said to me, and I was coaching the defense, and Mark Habscheid was a full-time coach of Team Canada, and he said to me before the game, I mean, he just, the one matchup that he didn't want was Sheldon Suray out there against uh, Yermar Jagger. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you can yeah. guess where this is going. And uh, so, so it's... Uh, I have Ed Jovanovsky out there against Yager, uh, and uh, who you played with, Stretty. Yeah. Um But uh, he short shifted me, so I thought I was safe oh, having geez. Sheldon go on the ice after uh, Ed Jovanovsky. And Ed, you know, he saw Yager up there. And he, he was getting to the bench <laughs> pretty fast. I think in about a fifteen second shift, and the minute. Uh, he gets to the bench, Sheldon jumps over the bench, and it was like time stood still. It was on the far side of the ice, and Yager was coming down the right side, and Sheldon went over the left side to play him one on one, and he backed in so far, uh, to, to, to the crease that, uh, he found somebody coming late and, uh, put the puck in the net, and we, we end up losing the game one or two nothing with an empty net or if it was two nothing. Hmm. And I remember never feeling so I couldn't, I could barely put my, uh, make my line changes. My defense pair changes for the rest of the game. I was so rattled. I, remember, I mean, he just looked down at me like, I mean, it was a simple instruction, but it was so, uh, you know, so, so, so obvious that, uh, that I didn't execute it that well but uh Absolutely. so those things happen at times for sure but you're right there's a big drop off uh between Osterley and Gilbert and the rest of the defensive core that's for sure I'd I'm be surprised if they weren't Yep I'd be surprised if they weren't I'd be surprised if they weren't all over that but apparently they weren't No
0: yeah. We're dealing with a little bit of a delay here too, folks. So bear with us. Also want to say there's lots of really great questions coming in on our uh, Weiss Johnson uh, YouTube uh, stream. And next segment with Craig, we're going to go over some of those questions. So uh, Steve will gather a few and you guys have some questions you want to ask Mac T. We'll do that in our next segment. I want to stay behind the bench a little bit here, Struds, because, um, you know, we've been talking about Chris Knobloch and just not overhandling things, just some subtle touches here and there. And it was really interesting. The start of the third period starts the period off with that uh, that Frankenstein line again, right? saddle McDavid, and and Ryan McLeod. Just I'm sure just on a gut. But what I thought was even more interesting is second over the boards was his fourth line in the third yeah. period. Like Mac, I don't know how often you you threw your fourth line out there second shift in the in the third period of a tie game, but he I, I imagine he just kind of went with his gut and, and they end up scoring. But Strud's. Another little subtle touch by Knoblock, and he's getting results with some of these little tweaks. Well, when he first arrived here in Edmonton,
1: he, you know, he said, I'm trying to understand what everybody can do, and I'm trying to get to know this team. And, you know, obviously over the course of a run like this, you, you get to know your players, but you get to know what they can do. So he must be comfortable throwing out that line at that time. Otherwise he wouldn't do it. And maybe it's a bit of a test. Um, you know, now it's a little bit risky to test in a, in a tight game like this in the Battle of Alberta, but he wants to find out what they can do, but he wouldn't have done it if he didn't think they could get it done Mac T. And that's, so he's empowering them, but he's also kind of testing his own theories. Is that fair, buddy?
2: I think it is I think it's a uh, a byproduct of trust earned by mm-hmm. by the fourth line and uh I mean a lot of those guys are out there quickly on the penalty kill in pretty cri- 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 critical situations it's tough you know on a night to night basis to distinguish between the third line and the fourth line um but you know they're 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 doing the job and I think it's it's you know very important for coaches to recognize that and uh you know reward you and put you in situations where you know your role can grow and your importance in the group can grow. Uh I think that's that that's you know a, a real subtlety of coaching and I'm I'm finding out more and more watching Chris Knoblock. that that's that's, uh, that's what he does is it easier to coach on a 13 game winning streak and an 8 game winning <laughs> streak for sure <laughs> and uh, you know the problems are obviously few and far between and the attitude is going to be fantastic so I mean generally coaches earn their medal in times of crises and and adversity, and uh, you know it'll be interesting to see how how he how he does handle that. I suspect he'll do a really good job with a steady hand and a calm calm, calm temperament which uh, I mean uh, obviously he's he's got uh, the respect of the group and they're really responding to what he's saying
0: Mac, you talk about trust earned. Yet Dylan Holloway just basically walked through the door. He has no experience other than six or seven minutes ice time in, in in one of his first games here. So by the third period, he'd seen enough to trust a player he didn't really know a ton about and hadn't dealt with before. Has that trust in him to put him in that spot? And and Strud's it seems like he's. He, you know, this is the clean slate part of a new coach coming in. Past mistakes don't factor in. It's all a clean slate. And so we see that with Dylan Holloway. Gets the opportunity in the middle. Kind of unfamiliar for him. And finds himself in that opportunity in the third period struts. What do you think of Holloway tonight? I love this game. You know, I, I he's
1: not an NHL player yet. Uh, sorry. He's, he looks like one, but he's not an established NHL player. So he comes in playing a position. He hasn't played in the NHL. And he gets 10 minutes, you know, knoblock to get a fourth line, 10 minutes where specifically Mm -hmm. to Dylan Holloway, he's got to close his eyes when the power plays on. He can watch the penalty kill, but he's not going out there. So to find that guy, 10 minutes of power of, of five on five time. And I thought he was flying. He was making plays. He's being physical. And, uh, you know, for the most part, wherever matchup he had, they were at worst chopping it off. And I think at times while they scored the, the game winning goal, but they were, they were definitely pushing it over the top mac so you know how do you find a fourth line center that doesn't play any special teams 10 minutes in a in a what it really was a 2-1 game
2: yeah again i i get back to they were doing the job in the in uh in the early stages of the game and you're right i i mean i i agree with your assessment of holloway i like him a lot he he's uh I mean, he, he, I love his compete. I love his, uh, the pace of his game. I mean, it takes time to generate confidence at this level in making plays and being productive, and that's really the only area that he's not been able to uh, overcome is the, the productivity part of it, but I don't doubt that he will. You look back at uh, you know, where Ryan McLeod was a month ago, where it looked like he'd never score a goal, and now he scores an unbelievably skilled, talented goal to get us started. It was, you know, really the uh, the mic- microcosm of Matthews' goal the other night in Calgary, where he put it between his legs and threw it from his back to his forehand and put it in the net. It was exactly the same play. High, high skill. They were talking about that in Toronto for. Uh, on the airwaves for hours on end, and there won't be too, too much mentioned tomorrow about Ryan McLeod, especially in Toronto. But, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. th- that guy's <laughs> uh, confidence, as you know, is, is uh, such a critical factor in terms of, you know, productivity. And, uh, I, I mean, I really like that Hall- Dylan Holloway a lot. And, uh, I, I don't, I don't know him that well. Obviously I haven't seen him that much, but there's lots to like there and what I see in terms of the effort and determination and the character and the execution.
0: All right, time for our UCAN Youth Services Relentless Player of the Night. Remember, if you're looking for laborers for your business, UCAN Youth Services can help you. They train 18 to 25-year-olds, getting them ready, willing, and able to join the workforce. Check out their Road to Work program at www.ucan.ca. Super proud to be uh, partnered with a fantastic local charity, like you can youth services. Struds, who are you giving the relentless player of the night? I mean, it's it's basically the Zach Hyman Award. Yeah. Uh, but it probably should go to him, I would think.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's lots of deserving players thing tonight, but for that last little stretch there, I think Zach Hyman gets it. Uh, you're right. He, he he gets it almost every night. Um, but the way he just, you know, how can you sit on the bench and not be inspired to take your intensity or your compete? to a higher mm-hmm. level when you watch that kind of. so i'm gonna go with that kind i don't think you can go wrong with yeah i think 18. that's
0: a. I think that's a great pick maybe an honorable mention matt to warren fogel think about a couple of years ago watching fogel play and i mean the, the confidence that he has now the plays that he's making leon dry acknowledging yesterday he's playing like a top six forward absolutely is pretty significant turnaround for this player uh mac what do you see confidence wise out of him
2: Well, the the cycle of a you know it used to be the cycle of a twenty goal score now it's the cycle of a fifteen to twenty goal score at times Mm -hmm. you know you look like a a zero goal score and other times you look like a fifty goal score and uh, just the peaks and valleys of the confidence that that uh, you have I mean that's just that that's just the way it's always been and the way it still is and these guys are absolutely both these guys, uh, Ward Fogel and uh Ryan McLeod are both, you know, at the top level of their 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 confidence uh for sure. And uh, you know, the the they're, they're they're they 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 do not need many shots. look look at the I mean the way Fogel put that away on the breakaway the other night. I mean that mm-hmm. was a heck of a goal and same with McLeod tonight. Those guys are on top of their game.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, when we come back after a short break, we got some questions coming in on the stream for Mac T. We'll fire some of those at him. And also want to talk a little bit about a 13-game winning streak. Both Connor McDavid, Leon Drysaddle said they were a little surprised. Like, wow, the Oilers didn't get, didn't manage to put together, what was it, nine uh, in a row back in the day? They were a little bit surprised. or 10 in a row back in the day. So we'll ask Mac T, how come that group was never able to, to push it that far and how impressive is what they have done here? Still lots to come on the podcast. Very short break. Say goodbye to unruly hair and hello to a smooth and silky back in minutes with Backscape. Shave your back solo with no mess with Backscape's water resistant long handle and patented six blade design, leaving you with a no mess shaving experience all in less than five minutes. Shop now for 40% off select kits just for you, our Got Your Back listeners. Use promo code GYBPOD on checkouts and make 2024 your year to elevate your grooming routine. The Evanston Sport and Social Club's spring season is set to go in May, and registration is just around the corner. Team up with your pals to play in slow pitch, beach volleyball, outdoor soccer, ultimate frisbee, and even cornhole leagues to keep the spring months full of excitement. Spring leagues begin in May. Registration opens on February 8th. Visit EdmontonSportsClub.com for more details.
3: Time to talk about your mortgage? It doesn't have to be a daunting conversation. With over 16 years in the industry, Maria Gallis, with Maximal Mortgages, knows how to make it easy. With access to dozens of different lenders, let Maria customize the perfect solution for you. Whether you're purchasing, refinancing or renewing, or a first-time buyer, Maria's simplistic approach and expert advice will have you feeling confident you're in great hands making informed decisions. Take the stress out of your mortgage journey. Contact Maria Gallis at mortgagesbymaria.ca. That's mortgagesbymaria.ca.
0: All right, welcome back to the show. Time now for takeaways brought to you by Redefined Health. If you're unhappy with your overall level of health, try their wellness lifestyle program, a unique 90-day program, including daily meal plan, exercise regimen. You got video instruction and support, pre and post assessments, and they monitor your progress for you. All that for 150 bucks, pretty good deal to get your physical life squared away to help you change the way you're functioning and feeling day to day. Visit redefinedhealth.com. Yeah, a few uh, a few of the owners commented, Mac. They were a little bit surprised that you know, the, the, back in the day, the team wasn't able to push it to ten wins. But man, that 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 that's a pile of wins, and it's a rare streak to go that long. But what would you say the main reason is that it was uh, it was capped at nine with that group back in the day?
2: Well, they allowed ties back then. <laughs> yeah. So every every game wasn't settled. I mean, <laughs> I mean it,
0: you
2: know, it's. You know how many uh, how many games could you keep it going? And uh, if you had an opportunity, the, the game was going to be settled every night. So the the the, the five on five, the overtime was five on five. So a lot of times it did end up in a tie. So I mean, a lot of those streaks were were stopped by ties, but. It certainly wasn't the talent level of the team. I could tell you that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, there's no, no criticism there. That's for sure. I wonder, too, those drugs, like what they went through earlier this year and just feeling the season slipping through their fingers the way they did. I wonder if that doesn't give them some desperation that they seem to continue to play with. Like they look to me like a team that is still playing for their playoff lives, it's still uh, kind of feeling that stress and playing that way.
1: Yeah, I'll use the word scarred. I think they were scarred from that initial start. You know, you talk about coming back early and then, the you know, all the all the experts are talking about them being a Stanley Cup contender. And then your season cannot start off worse. I mean, the first two games, you lose the Canucks, uh, and then it just kind of goes worse from there. And then it, it ends in your coach getting fired who probably deserved to be fired. So I think the, the they're 100% committed to doing what is necessary to, to get this done. And I, I love these types of games tonight, you know, 3-1, but I, let's just call it a 2-1 win. I've been calling for this team to be able to win games 2-1 and feel comfortable in it for a long time. Because you know that some nights Connor's going to go off. You know some night Leon's going to go off, and then you're going to have, you know, the power is going to go off. But to be able to feel comfortable in those games, Mac, that, that is probably a hard thing for a coach to kind of get through to their team saying, hey, it's okay to win 2-1. We don't have to win every game 5-1 or have a shootout 7-5.
2: No, and I think it you know it starts with the maturity level of the stars and uh right. you know that that's that that's that's critical that uh mm-hmm. you know because you know sitting on the bench, you know the way a person reacts or the the decision he makes at a certain critical time generally what's motivating that decision is it is it winning or is it personal goals? And, uh, I mean, that is critical. And certainly our guys, our star players are are doing that. Connor, I mean, he's, he's in every battle now and a physical force out there. And I mean, he's just, it's, as I said the other night, it's just watching the evolution of a, of, of a leader and a winner. And, uh, as I've talked about before it's exhausting to be a superstar a superstar in the NHL because there's a lot of expectations there's a lot of roles you have to play and if you want to be a superstar and win it's it's, I mean I saw you played with Mark Messier you saw the level of commitment he had to the team game and all aspects of the game and I mean that's that's the price that needs to be paid, and it's a heavy price, and unless you're paying it, it sounds like it's not that big a deal, but it's a big price to pay for the stars to win at this level.
0: Stroud, back to the game tonight. What did you make of the orders in the last two, three, four minutes when they were they were playing with that one goal lead, uh, but didn't feel to me like they were giving up a whole bunch, you know, you know just maybe just the maturity that they're able to defend the lead with? Well, i think it's really in simplest terms try to keep
1: the game in front of you and so you want to you want to continue to you know put pressure on them but not allow them any easy breaks make them earn any chances or hopefully not but goals they're going to get and early in the year, I thought we saw, not not so much in the last couple of minutes because they were out of the most games by then, but the Oilers were just, you know, gifting is the word I use. So many chances against it were unearned by the other team. You know, unearned chances are our are, are, are coach's nightmare, I think. So what they did is they just kept putting the pucks in the right area, making sure they're above the puck. Above the puck means that you're always between kind of, let's say your check and then your own net. So the guys escape skate through you, then there's the next layer behind him and the next layer behind them. And it makes it really hard. And it, it almost feels like you've pulled your goalie because you have too many players out there because you're, you're always in the right place. So it's, I, 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 I just, I don't know if it would happen under Woodcroft and we'll never know, but Knobloch has got the attention of these players to play that way. And they are extremely comfortable in this style of game. Uh, to win again. I know it was 3-1, but essentially a 2-1 game, guys.
2: Yeah, there's no more better reinforcement for your program than success. And they've figured out, they've got a template now. And you know the offense is fickle. It's not there for you every night. I mean, some nights it's there in spades, other nights, nights you can have 52 shots and and have two goals which we saw a lot of at the start of the year but the defense it's there for you every night it's a choice that you make collectively as a group if you're going to commit to playing a game or a style that uh that you can win with and i mean you look at the best teams in the league they all give up the least amount of goals and sure a lot of that that is because they're skilled enough that they're playing a lot in the other end, but there there is a commitment that has to be made to to play to play a successful brand of hockey, and they've got it right now. And you you identified it really well. I mean, it's just layers of of uh, of defense, and if you're continually being the last guy out of the offensive zone, it, I mean, you're going to give up. There's room on the rush, and you're going to give up. High quality chances and odd man rushes, and I mean, I've got a question for you, Strudz. What did you think, being a defenseman, uh, the way Cody Ceci played the, uh, who, who's played really well for for the Oilers since he's been here? But uh, what did you think about the way that he played the two on one? And uh, mm-hmm. I'm anxious to hear your assessment of that.
1: <laughs> well, you and I have talked about this before. <laughs> And I think you and I see it differently. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you like it when D-men lay down to to take away that passing. And we see that from Nurse. And I would prefer for my D-men to stay up. So I'm guessing I know where this conversation is going to go, big guy.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, you're right. And uh, you're wrong about not having the defenseman go down because it, it is a... It's a tactic that uh, you know you have to develop, and Darnell, you have to be at the puck level. You can't be so underneath the puck that the guy's going to pull it above you, and you have to develop your angle moving laterally. And the mindset for me always was, "What am I prepared to give up?" And when when uh, Coleman starts to get on the dot lane then I'm I'm okay giving him that shot. And I would not want to overplay him because he's he's not the most dangerous guy in that rush. The guy without the puck's the most dangerous guy in that rush. Uh Uyghur, the goal scorer is the most dangerous guy in that rush. And the way I used to like to explain it, what you know, primary and secondary threats. Who's the primary threat? And a lot of times it's the guy without the puck. And I find, uh, have found, it's changed a lot the last little while that we're in a lot of ways overplaying the the, the second dangerous guy in the, in the rush equation. But, uh, you know, the, I, I played with guys that were masters at that. I mean, Kevin Lowe and Craig Muni and those guys. I mean, that puck never went through them, never. Uh, uh, but it's, it's a learned, learned skill. And, uh, I don't think there are too many people teaching that now. And, but you know, all great players can, what about fake forces or something to try and get them to move that puck across? Uh, but it just, it looked like it was too easy for, for, uh, Coleman to, to, to make that play over.
0: He changed my mind, Struds. Did you change your mind with that, or are you you well, in your guns, pal?
1: Now I understand why I wasn't on the ice towards the end of the game when Matthew was my coach. Right? It's very clear that I wasn't uh, embracing his idea of playing a two-on-one.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and the other thing we used to do is, like, I would have Brian Ross, who was our exceptional video coach, he would clip every two-on-one that we, we had uh, against us. And then we would sit with the defenseman and, and, and watch it and identify the tactics. Of, uh, you know, some that are really well played and others, I mean, there were a lot of holes coming across Cody, uh, tonight, but you know, and you know, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying go down all the time, but it's, I think it's a strategy and a tactic that you need in your arsenal. And yeah. if it's executed well, then uh, then it's 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 a really effective way to play a two on one. But do you do it all the time? No. Most uh, really good defensemen can manage outnumbered situations. Sure.
0: Yeah. Well, Struds and I have been beating that one to death all year on the podcast, and he's been uh, Darnell Nurse is often the culprit. But uh, it's a great it's a great topic of discussion, and glad to have uh, glad to have you weigh in on that one, Mac. Uh, you got another five minutes or so for us, Craig. We want to get a few uh, questions in off the sure. screen here. Yeah. Okay, uh, Steve, you can hop in here as well because uh, I know you were keeping track of some. By the way, Steve Taylor used to work for the Oilers back when Mac was. Uh, Working with the team as well. So you guys are very familiar with one another. Right. Uh, we're going to get to the uh, YouTube stream brought to you by Weiss Johnson Heating and Air Conditioning. Check out their scratch and dent sale. Up to 20% off units with minor imperfections. Sale ends February 15th. Visit www.weiss-johnson.com for details. Johnson Wisconsin- I'll get us started here. Uh, this comes in from Jamison Hartnell. Mac T, any players you coached that would be considered underrated that you thought brought a lot of value to the team? So who would you say were some of the most underrated players that you had playing for you?
2: By far the most underrated guy that I've ever seen is Charlie Huddy. Asphalt Coffee. And, uh, I mean, he, he, he was so good. And uh, so unheralded that uh, I mean, he just he 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 won the the uh, the Emery Award one year for the highest plus minus, and that wasn't always easy playing with cough. But <laughs> I mean, you just you make sure you get the puck to cough, and then they're digging it out of their net instead of digging it out of your net. But you no, know, for me, Charlie Huddy was the most underrated player that I ever. I ever played with. uh, I I don't think anyone else comes close.
0: Go ahead, Steve.
4: All right. So, Mac, uh, Bob's your uncle says, uh, Craig, do you see any similarities between this, between your great team that you took on that deep run and today's Oilers? Do we need more physicality with this team today?
2: Well, it was interesting today when I was watching Vancouver play Toronto in the first period because they. They reminded me a lot of the way, uh, the '06 team played. And, uh, they finished every check tonight. I mean, they were, they were up three nothing after the first period. I thought they were going to kill them. And then, you know, seven minutes into the second, it was tied. But, uh, no, they, they put a lot of pressure, uh, on the puck on the four check. As I said, they finished all their checks. Uh, they're big and strong, and at the net front. Um, I mean, this team I wouldn't say is is that. I mean, they're 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 more highly skilled and certainly more dangerous offensively. But uh, you know, when the playoffs roll along, I'm a I'm a firm believer in uh, physical play, and uh, you know. Uh, Evander takes some criticism from time to time, but w- we're going to need him in spades once the, once the, as Mark Messi used to say, once the rubber hits the road. <laughs> <laughs>
4: All right. Someone's screen uh, name, sorry, someone's screen name you'll probably enjoy. Penner's Pancakes asks, uh, what are your thoughts on the drastic improvement of Vinny's game?
2: Amazing. Yeah, really, uh, have to give him and the coaching staff and the development staff of the Edmonton Oilers a lot of credit. This guy is really, I mean, the one thing he hasn't done is done it at the at the highest level in the playoffs, And but he's certainly proven to me that he's super capable of doing it at this level now, and he continues to get better, uh, unbelievable pass. Tonight to uh, to, to uh, launch the first goal, like I mean, he he and I give cough a lot of credit too. I'm sure he's demanding and allowing uh, more direct plays and trying to find more direct plays. But his his feet have been a lot better. I mean, I love. Guys like Studdy in front of the net that lay a little bit of abuse on on the opposition and make it a difficult place to be. But yeah, that he's. I mean, the the, the only question is, can he do it at the same level of effectiveness when uh, when there's eight teams left in the league?
0: Yeah, he's got a warm place in Strutty's heart for sure. He often speaks like a <laughs> proud father of Vinny De Arne. And his improvements yeah. in the league this year. Last one, Mac. Lots of people asking on the stream here. Uh, what do you think the Oilers should be looking to add as they head towards the trade deadline? What would you be doing?
2: Well, I mean, I, I would be, uh, I'd love to see Elias Lindholm wearing an Oilers jersey. <laughs> I think. Uh, <laughs> You know that that he, he won a few big face offs uh, against Leon kinda late in the game. Uh he's he's really good in that aspect. I mean he would fit in terrific anywhere in that top six. There's a lot of dimension to his game. I think I'm just happy that the the discussion has turned from goaltending to other areas and I mean Stu Skinner is, you know, eliminated a massive massive problem for the hockey team the way that he's played he played fantastic again tonight but again you talk about the forwards the goaltenders the confidence too i mean is is uh you know so so important and there's so much pressure in that position especially in a market like Edmonton for a goalie that really doesn't have that reference point uh where he can get the, get his game back. But, man, he's played unreal for us.
0: Tied Grant here's record, 10th consecutive win. Pretty unreal here for Stuart Skinner. Just a an epic turnaround by him and by this team. Craig, thanks so much for doing this. Will you come back and join us again sometime?
2: Anytime. I, I always owe Struddy a few things to the coaches, one of our teams in the summer at, okay. the, uh, <laughs> at West End. It's kind of yeah. how we operate here. Yeah, yeah we gotta you know, it, our, you got to talk about it because my team
1: went to the final and you against your team, and somehow I was getting all the bad calls against me. So we'll <laughs> we'll talk about that over a couple of beers one night.
2: Yeah, that sounds good. But well, it was my tournament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great stuff. I let no, Bucky win last year.
0: Okay. Yeah, Fair nice. fun. Fun. All right, Good guys. Stuff. No,
2: appreciate it. That was fun. Yeah, thanks, Matty,
0: and and crystal clear. This is a favor to Strud's and not me. That that's crystal clear. But I got that one.
2: <laughs> oh, you're making your inroads. You're making inroads, Ryan. There's a lot of water right, under the bridge, but it's all under the bridge. Talk to you later. Right on, Thank bud. you.
0: Thanks so much. We'll talk all again right. soon. That is Craig McTavish joining us tonight, guest analyst, and thrilled to have Craig here on Got Your Back. Still tons of podcasts left. we got three more segments we're going to blitz through, so stay with us. We'll take a lap next.
3: Winter is upon us, so why not make the best of it? Marmot Basin Ski Resort is where it's at. Ski half price every day, no blackout periods. Pick up your escape card for 99 bucks and make winter fun more affordable. Half the price, all the powder. Get yours at www.skimarmot.com. If you own or operate a business, you know the
1: value of a great employee. Just ask Shawgren. Pathfind is here to help you find your next star player to help take your business to the next level. Pathfind can help with recruitment, career transition, leadership coaching. They truly have your whole team covered. Building you a championship caliber roster, find your team's path forward at pathfind.ca.
0: Time now to take a lap. Brought to you by our great friends over at Backscape. It's the product that's taking the online world by storm right now. It's absolutely everywhere. You can get rid of unwanted back hair by yourself with Backscape. Water resistant, rechargeable shaver, coupled with the long handle, lets you take care of business on your own. I've used it. It works really well, and it's super convenient. See my brother Rick there modeling it in the shower for us. That was kind of him. Right now is their biggest sale of the year, 30 to 50% off. Visit Backscape.com. That's B-A-K-Scape.com, and choose from a variety of packages delivered right to your door. That is Backscape. Stay smooth, gentlemen. Strutty, what do we got, buddy? It's got to be got to be Long Island. Hey, tonight, does uh, we take a lap. Heading out to uh, Long Island,
1: my uh, team that drafted me, uh, the uh, general manager decided to fire uh, Lane Lambert, who has only been there for like a year and a half, and bring in Patrick Wah. So this team is, I think they find themselves, I want to say two or three points out of the playoff spot and a couple mm-hmm. teams that have to jump over. And how can I say this nicely? I think this is an a incorrectly built team. Uh, the, the Islanders. Okay. I, I I think he's very loyal to guys and signs guys to extremely long contracts. And I and I I get I like that loyalty, but you know you is Patrick going to change his group? Maybe you might get the bump. You might get the bump, and maybe they make it in the playoffs. But I I you know other people say oh, they get in the playoffs they are really hard to beat. I don't know. I mean they they've got goaltending and they're I like their D when they're healthy. But Shogar I. I don't know that – I don't think that he has any more coaches he can fire. I think he's at the end of his line. I think this is it. And the next change will be the general manager, 81 years old.
0: Yeah, and and fair point for sure. I mean, you talk about the team, and that's a that's a good conversation to have. It's about the group on the ice and that kind of thing. But Patrick Waugh is coming back to coaching the NHL again. What do you what do you think? What do you think of this decision, this guy? And if people don't recall what happened, parted ways with the abs, right? One coach of the year, parts ways with the team. They go in separate directions. Don't forget, he was in hockey ops as well. He was like the VP of hockey ops or something. So he had a say behind the bench. He had a say in the boardroom. It didn't go great. It was a tough divorce. He thought it would. he'd get back into the league a lot faster than he did. And so they make this move and they bring bring him in. What do you think of Patrick Waugh being back in the league behind a bench?
1: I have firsthand knowledge of seeing him, his team's play in the Memorial Cup. I went out to uh, Camps and saw his team play twice. Ultimately, they won the, Stan- the Stanley Cup, the Memorial Cup. And I loved the way his team played. I, I thought that they were on the puck, working hard. And I, I can't tell if they had a ton of stars or not, but everyone played the same way. They were relentless. To play against and i expect he'll try to implement some of that on the island but yeah i'll say but loudly is it who is their star player barzell's a good player don't get me wrong yeah bohorbat a good player i think that bohorbat's a low-end first line center or a good second line center barzell is a undersized star you know i don't know because they superstar Andrews Lee, he's very, very solid. I like their D, but I, this team, Shaga, I just don't, and you look at their cap situation, holy smokes, they got a lot going on there. So I, yeah. I think Patrick Well help. I think that probably help him get in the playoffs. I just can't, unless he does magic. Yeah. You know, I just don't see it. But changing.
0: he went back and earned it though. Right? Like the first time was probably a little fast. But he's been grinding. He's been working. He's been plugging his way and, and yes. having success. He's earned his way back here the right way, I would say, which I, I like. I respect that.
1: He has, but he, I respect guys who go to junior, learn how to coach, and they move up, and they put their time in. Like in Patrick, you know, he – like Eisenman. Eisenman. was working, doing all the crap. Not That's wrong. But all the lower-level entry jobs to learn how to be a GM. And, and he put his time in. So – uh, Patrick was a smart hockey guy. He understands the game, but I'll go back to it. I I don't know that the greatest coach on earth could make this team be what Lou Lamoriello thinks they should be. I might be wrong, but I I have a hard time believing I
0: am. Buddy, um, side so note on the Islanders: Noah Dobson. Yeah. What a season he's having! What yeah. a season he's having! Such yeah. a good defenseman.
1: He's a good defenseman. There's there's no doubt about it. But ah, oh, man, I don't know. I just. <laughs> Like like Pierre Inval, Kyle Palmieri, uh, you know, Brock Nelson, uh, Gabriel Pajot, you know, Maddie Martin, he's up after this year. Uh, you know, Wallstrom wasn't playing. Now, that may change. Or Holmstrom. I think it was Wallstrom who hasn't been playing. Uh, their defense is – is I like their defense. But I I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I'll be, you know, Lou Lamarillo. How much longer is he going to be there? We'll see. We'll see. I guess it depends on what the team does. What's next? Number two is the Anaheim Ducks have had some pretty significant injury issues, mm-hmm. and now we're not sure when it happened, but some point recently, Alex Kaloran had a knee injury. He had surgery; Tays out for six weeks. So you know he's already an older player, signed to a long, longer, bigger contract to help kind of build that team. And now he's out. Uh, we've seen you know other players out, uh, Zigris and all these other guys. But this team is you know they're at they're near the bottom, and not that this is. A make all break all situation, but losing him doesn't help for a team that's trying to get some traction in this league. So I, I wonder where their their floor is uh, in this NHL standings race to the bottom.
0: Yeah, for sure. And Zegris, and there's a lot going on with them, and you wonder. I don't know how do you think the how do you think the plan's coming together, man? How are you feeling about the overall plan there? I
1: I think that it was readjusted when the little ball of hate took over as GM. Because uh, right now they find themselves one point ahead of Chicago, who I think this year wanted to just be somewhat stable. Not win, yeah. but stable. Now with Bedard out and all the injuries, I mean, they've got a crazy group of injuries. And I think some guys have come back, but they're one point ahead of that group. And I think they expected it to be better than that. I don't think the mix in Anaheim is quite just right yet. Um, this is going to be a long, long second half. I'm predicting for the Ducks.
0: They got a heck of a good young player, though, in that trade. It's just going to be a little bit before that kind of right comes to fruition, right? They set their timing back a little bit. They took a guy that was ready to take a step at the NHL level now and traded right. him for a guy that's that's coming. So that that just sets your timeline back a little bit when you when you do stuff like that. All right, that was taking a lap. Brought to you by our great friends over at Backscape. One more quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to do Strutty's World and then get back to your questions that are coming in on the stream. We're getting some great action. Steve is uh, gathering a bunch of the comments. Uh, That's coming up and our gem of the night when we get back.
1: Are you ready to elevate your moving experience? Trusted for over 100 years, Ferguson Moving and Storage are your partners in relocation, ensuring your journey is smooth and stress-free. And say goodbye to surprises with Ferguson's transparent flat rate pricing. Contact them now for a free moving quote and use the promo code FERGUSON to receive $100 off your next move. Visit fergusonmoving.com and let them lift your expectations.
0: Long Shots Golf is the destination for both golf enthusiasts and sports fans. Top-of-the-line TrackMan simulators provide a highly entertaining and accurate golf experience, while a full-service sports bar loaded with big screens and scratch kitchen make it a truly unique destination. They have locations in Sherwood Park and Edmonton. Experience the best indoor golf and sports bar in town. Visit Longshots.ca. That's Longshots with a Z. ca
1: When you make a mistake, heads should roll. It's not right, and I'm here. Someone has to put their foot down. Now that I say it out loud, it does sound a little crazy.
4: Guy, look at. <laughs>
0: Time now for Struddy's World, brought to you by DLR Vinyl Products, where they got locations in Calgary and in Edmonton. If you're a contracting business or a contractor, let DLR help you add vinyl fence to your product line, see why they have been going strong since 2005. Reliable, unmatched service, high-quality North American-made products. Visit dlrvinylproducts.ca. So my brother Rob is in town, study. He is the one that designed these DLR hats. And, you know, for a vinyl fencing company... It's a pretty slick hat. Like it's actually in my rotation of hats that I like to wear regularly because I like the way it looks. Showed him some of our prototypes. Full thumbs up from Rob on the uh, Got Your Back hats coming up, pal.
1: Nice, Roberto. That's good to hear.
0: Yeah. yeah. A few weeks away, working with our good friends over at Kinprint. Uh, By the way, Struddy's appearance tonight on the podcast is brought to you by Kinprint, helping you push your business brand to the next level Check out all they do online, visit kinprint.ca. Go ahead with studies world, my friend. I don't wanna to
1: get too bogged down on the, on the exact details and the numbers of what a contract for this player I'm gonna talk about is going to be. I just wanna get into more of the psychology of how they should approach this. Vinny D'Arnais has literally come out of nowhere. I, and I'm I'm literally saying coming out of nowhere to become an important part of the defense. I think three of the last four games, he hasn't been the lowest uh, ice time on the team for defensemen. I think it's been Kulak three or four last games, if I'm correct. Last night, was seven and a half minutes. Kulak was, was, I think, three or four minutes less than that. And that's not an indictment of Kulak. It's more of what's going on with Vinny Darny. Let's keep in mind, this guy was drafted, wasn't signed, signed an HL deal to Oilers, and was signed to an HL deal, worked his way up, got injured, then finally got called up last year and has been playing his game. And, you know, had it, got in the playoffs, played decent, but he went away this summer and really worked on his game. And he's moving the puck, making good plays, still being angry and the seaweed man, even though I hate that handle. So I don't, again, I don't wanna get in the number, but this is how I think the should approach this contract negotiation with, because he is UFA after this year. I would go up to Vinny and, and approach him in this way. I would offer him stability and some guaranteed money. That is what, I've been in this situation before. I know how he feels where you're not sure, you're, am I going to make the NHL, or am I not going to make the NHL? So I think he wants stability. So I don't think he wants the one-year home run. I would think that a player in his position would want a three- or four-year contract with some stability. So my idea, Shagrin, you can jump in here. I think that the Oilers should go to him and say, listen, we're prepared to offer you a four-year contract. four-year contract will take him to his early 30s. Not a lot left after that. What or there'll be some, but not a ton of time. But he'll know that I'm going to make X in the next four years and set himself up with a nest egg for the rest of his life. Now, that number we can TBD all we want, but that the, the orders need to offer him stability. And the other part is the emotional attachment. This is the team that drafted him. This is the team with Connor and Leon. This is the team that's brought him up, has believed him, given him a chance. So he hasn't been burned yet by a trade and he hasn't lost the innocence of being a one-team player. So I think those two things are works in the Oilers' favor, and they could get this deal done. And I'm suggesting sooner, Lager, Lager or later, later, later Schauger, thoughts?
0: Yeah, I, I like where your thoughts are at on this one, Studdy, because I think that De Arnais is a player who um, does things the right way, Um, I still think has a chance to continue to evolve. Even though he's 27 years old, he's still fairly new in in the NHL game, right? He's got 76 games under his belt. And so I think that he could probably push things even a little bit further. So, yeah, 27 years old, a four-year deal. You talk about that money. I mean, you know, it's life-changing money when you sign a contract like that. And he's only 76 games into into earning that NHL money. So I I like where your head is at. I think this is a player you're going to be able to bank on. I don't view a huge drop-off in the next few years. And, in fact, I see him maybe even pushing it uh, a little bit further. So we'll have to dig in a little bit more and you know, do some research and figure out exactly what those numbers are. But you would expect he'll be a rock-solid contributor on your third pairing through the life of that contract, wouldn't you?
1: I do. And I, I think that's why I start this conversation sooner than later with him because it's emotional. Keep in mind, it's emotional for him. It's It's the first team... First deal, big deal he's going to sign. Um, and again, I don't want to get bogged down in numbers that it's 1.5 or 3.2, whatever the, whatever it is, mm-hmm. let's, let's, let's leave that to the side. It's the emotional part, but that security is huge. When you say you're going to get this egg to have and to hold for yours. Um, and he knows, let's, let's say it's, let's just say it's a four year deal that, you know, four times that let's call it 300 games. He plays plus the 70 has now he's going to be in around 350 to 400 games. By times thirty-one, which I always I felt to four hundred. Anyone who's north of four hundred is a great, a great career. Um, so, I I would see, seriously get started on this journey with him sooner or later. If I was, um, I'm not exactly sure. I guess Kenny Holland,
0: Philip <laughs> Philip Broberg, and Vinnie Dierna. Your your third pairing next season. I mean, are you, are you comfortable with that? I
1: think. Uh, how can I? <laughs> I think that we have to be comfortable with that because the Oilers are going to need cap space and need to find a way. And this is, and again, I'm not putting down Kulak. It's his contract right now. We'll have to. Yeah. I think there's. I think there'll be an appetite for Kulak on the trading market. I really do. Yeah, for sure there will. Um, um, but they need they need to trim where they can because even just bringing back the team they have is going to be really tough with some of the decisions they have to make coming up.
0: Oh, there's some big money decisions that need to be make, made here in the near term. That was Struddy's World, brought to you by DLR Vinyl Products. Steve, hop on in, buddy. Let's get to ask us anything. Brought to you by Match Eatery and Public House. Happy hours better at Match Pub Ice District. Score 20% off Appies. Half-price wine and other drink specials every day, 2 to 4 p.m. Located adjacent to Rogers Arena in the Grand Villa Casino. For more information, check out matchpub.com. Okay, Steve, lots of great conversation on our live stream tonight. Where do you yep. want
4: to take it, bud? Oh, yeah, lots of directions to go. Lots of love for Mac T and uh, just a lot of a lot of happiness on a Saturday night. Uh, yeah. Tyson, Tyson Schilke says, uh, Skinner ties a Grant Fuhrer win streak record at 10 games in a row. That's unbelievable that this team is tying or breaking records from the 80s Oilers-Titans. Um, thoughts on, uh, Skinner's game, uh, the last few games and, and, you know, when do we, uh, when does he get to take a break?
0: Yeah. Another night Strud's where he watched a guy blow the doors off at the far end of the ice while not getting a lot of action. Uh, Like he, uh, what what other game was that? Oh, it was the one you got grumpy at me for starting with that. Who was that? Was that the Detroit game? Alex Alex Lyon, Lyon? the Detroit Jay yes. Redling said
1: he's, he's waiting in the not clothing to you. Yeah, Redwing. yeah, winning the Vezna.
0: But let's not get off track here. The point was Skinner right, watched Vladar right. go off the charts at the far end and didn't see much action. And then he was so good when it mattered late. Yeah, he was fantastic. I thought he, he just, as the team, man, you want to see someone who's calm behind you.
1: And I love the way that he's just calm. Uh, making the saves, just getting it done. And not that he makes them look easy, but it's just there and makes those saves. Really, really important saves. He gave up one goal again. Um, Got to give credit to the to players, but also to Skinner for sure. Now, as far as playing, I would play Picard the next two games. Lock it.
0: <laughs> it's not happening. Lock it. No. no. Write that down.
1: Right. it down.
0: What are you talking about? They're about to have like eight days off.
1: Steve, write it down in your diary. <laughs> write it yeah. down.
0: Yeah, John, I just write it down in ink. There is exactly a zero percent chance <laughs> that that's happening. Yeah? Guys, through this, this big zero struggle, okay, zero. So
1: jot this down, then, Steve. That if they continue to pay him at this place, not pay but play him, he yeah. will be tired for the playoffs. They're playing him too much. I don't care how many days are off; it's too much. It's a, it's the totality of the year. We can't just look at oh, you only played one game in five days. So, guys, the next two games, Calvin
0: Pickard in the pipes. Austin Peterson says, I actually agree with Strud's on that one. Obelis21 says, Pickard is not getting both games. Um, Bitchman says, I think they want to start Skinner to break Führer's record for the most wins in a row. Well, whenever he gets (laughs) another chance, regardless of when he starts, he'll have a chance at that one.
4: All right. Uh, Austin Peterson says, thoughts on Holloway tonight? Uh, he could have had three points, he thought, and uh, he won all his draws, physical, fast, and was mostly responsible. What you got, that? How about Struggs? that
0: right, about what... play to the net early, Struddy? Yeah, well, how about the pass to Connor Brown? Mm-hmm. Now, that's what I'm saying, but that aggressive play at the blue line yeah. to turn
1: that into a two-on-one? Yeah, crazy. And how about Connor Brown shooting it, like, back <laughs> into the goalie? I just, so it's funny. We do doing an event tonight, and Tim Hunter is my other Guest, right, for the Battle of Alberta, And I said that if Connor Brown doing our thing, they said, What do you expect in the next period or in this game? I said, If Connor Brown scores, Tim Hunter's going to buy everybody around. <laughs> and people went crazy. And then he had that. I'm like, Oh my God, this is going to happen. And he shot it back into the goalie. I was like, Oh my God. Like, could you imagine if he had scored? So, anyways, that's not about Holloway. Holloway, I loved his game. I absolutely loved his game and his line. That line looked really good. Connor Brown works hard. Sam Gunney is really smart and Holloway is kind of a bigger meld of those two guys so there there might be something there. Let's see what happens now. They have a little bit of either competition coming up. Yeah. But I, there might be something there on that line guys. A little there something, something
0: there with Holloway and Brown. Maybe 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 maybe. They both got good engines, right? They got <laughs> great motors. They go go go, Steve.
4: Hockey guy says, uh, what happens first? Winning streak ends or Connor Brown scores? Place your bets.
1: I thought he's gonna score tonight. I know. I don't know. I they need him. And I and I think more it's my desire to this to solve a problem us because they need him to score because that just takes something off the table. Right. Another guy they can score if, if Holloway can get some goals. So
0: I don't know. I can you imagine what it's gonna be like all year next year on the podcast talking about Connor Brown's bonuses? It's just gonna be yeah. nonstop all yeah. year. Let's it's, not waste any more time this yeah, year. Let's wait till next fair year. Point. Yeah. fair point.
4: <laughs> um, okay, so a lot of questions on the stream about PK Subban and his uh, his comments on the on the Oilers. Do you guys have any uh, comments on that or thoughts on that? Yeah.
1: So I saw his comments, and you know what? He's he's a talking head, right? So his job is to um, say make remarks that are challenging that that people are going to kind of like talk about later and then to, to move on. Um I, I do agree with a bit of it. I think that, you know, until they until they get it done in the playoffs and getting done means getting and winning a Stanley Cup. There'll always be that 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 thought behind them. But if he's watching night and night out, he's seeing a team that is playing similar to what Vegas had leading up to that Stanley Cup win that they had.
0: Yeah, I mean yeah. Like, how many how many games does he sit there and watch start to finish? And, you know, I agree with you, struds. Like, he's, he's on those panels, and he's got tons of experience, and he's a big personality, and certainly have lots of respect for him. But when you're dealing with deep analysis on a team like the Edmonton Oilers, you have to understand how much their fan base knows, how smart their fan base is. And, you know, you need to be really on point when you're drilling down and criticizing a team like Edmonton because – the fan base is right into it, and and you know they pay attention to the things that are said about their team. Often those broadcasts, I mean, they'll do one oiler game every so often, right? And it's sort sort of a more of a broad thought as opposed to the nuanced detail that we try and drill down sure. on. So I just meh, whatever it is, what it is, PK. Uh, you know, he's got lots of personality, and he's on those panels for a reason. And if uh, I were an oiler fan, I wouldn't uh, wouldn't pay too much mind to it.
4: All right, Obelisk says, uh, got a feel for Hamblin. He did absolutely everything they asked of him while he was up. How, how tough is it for, you know, to be a guy like Hamblin and, and just doing everything he's supposed to do and then, you know, sent down for reasons beyond his control?
1: He did nothing wrong. He, uh, he, he had a great run, but that's the NHL, man. They're always trying to upgrade. And uh, Holloway's bigger, faster, younger, stronger, more upside. And unfortunately, you get left out in the dust. But you know that if there's an opportunity of an injury, he'll get the next tap up.
0: Yeah, and listen, I'm not going to say anything negative about it. He's a great story, local product, all those great things. But, you know, he's played well, and he did a lot of things that he was supposed to do. But it's not like he was blowing the doors off. He was locking down the job, but there wasn't much in the way offense there. wasn't producing. And so when you have a player like Holloway that's ready to come back, you make room for that player all day long. Had Hamblin had five goals at this point and five or six goals, and a lot of fourth-line centers do, then maybe things might have been a little bit different. But it was a, an amazing opportunity for him, and I don't think we've seen the last of him in oil silks.
4: Okay, Shane Matheson says, uh, is there a better third pairing out there than Kulak and Vinny? They work so well off each other, understand each other's strengths and weaknesses. So good.
1: I love that. I love that type of pairing where it's a really mobile guy and then someone's a little bit heavier handed and and not that Vinny is, uh, you know, in in rubber boots. uh, But I I just like that type of pairing and they do understand what they're good at, how to support each other with a puck up. Uh, and they're not taking a lot of water on here as far as minuses. So I, I, it's a really nice fit, and the cap hit right now makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, I like the pairing too. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they're not the best third pairing in the NHL, but they're a heck of a good mix, and uh, they're playing really well, and Vinny D'Arené has pushed his game to a whole new level. One more, Steve, and then we're going to wrap this one up. She's late.
4: Okay, I want to know... Uh, uh, I can't remember who asked the question, so I apologize, but someone was just talking about Gagne and just... His limited, limited opportunities, and how he just takes advantage of every single one of them. Um, I mean, Strudge, you've known you've known him for a long time. Ryan, you've known him for a long time. I mean, how how incredible is it, really?
1: Well, I love it. I mean, he the guy misses all this time comes back, and I don't know how many deflections that puck had from behind the net to go in. <laughs> um, but he, he, you know, that's what you need. You you know, a team needs support from different people. And Sam's making the most of his opportunities when he gets out there. there. But let's not, you know, Holloway and Connor Brown, I I think there's something there. But Ghani is a very smart player. And let's not kind of devalue what he brings to any line in that bottom six.
0: Yeah, I agree. The guy's just got mojo. There's just something about it. You know, I think it's rooted in him being such a skilled player and drafted as a skilled player that even though he's adapted his game and he's a survivor, It's still rooted in an excellent skill set. Great with the puck. Right. It's rooted in skill. And so he has the ability to make some special things happen still when he has a a second here and there. And the guy just has a, he's got a knack struds for just kind of making things happen in moments. And I, I, we saw it, you know, when he was a a top end player. And we're seeing it now as he's grinding his way and just, you know, really uh, having a respectable last few years to his career here. Five goals, man. Five yeah. goals. I mean 5 goals for and five you know whatever 700 grand like and he has some surgeries yeah. professional tryout contract and yeah. uh, starts in the minors and here he is. What do you
1: want more like what more do you want from a guy that's you know I, you know kind of your 12 13 forward right yeah. now? like it's it's a great story he loves playing here, by the way. He loves playing here.
0: Boba Fett, smart player that won't cheat the hard aspects of the game. That's a great comment there on the stream. As we wrap up, ask us anything brought to you by Match Eatery and Public House. As we wrap up the podcast tonight, Strud's, we think about our gem of the night. I mean, Mac T coming on. That in itself could potentially qualify as the gem of the night. But what stood out to you, pal?
1: I think I'm gonna go with his story about Tim Hunter and Dave Semenko. Oh yeah, uh, where, where you awesome. know Dave Semenko fought Tim Hunter right off the draw after he thought he said let's go, when he really said <laughs> nice, nice goal, goal. <laughs> nice goal. Um, and it's funny because I was with Tim tonight and Tim told me that same story. Just did tonight. he really? I just just he and I were sitting at this table having a beer and he told me that story. I was like because I love Dave Semenko and I have a lot of respect for Hunts. So, so yeah. Did awesome you
2: just
0: point to the table in your room and say this Tim Hunter was in your room with you? no we're at the bar we're at the bar oh you said this table you were pointing no, over no. Your shoulder, at a table right? in the bar no not at this table well oh, would just be here. cool having having you know hotel room. room beers with a, a legend yeah. uh, absolute legend
1: 200 some fights in the HL hello crazy
0: man oh man how do you think you would have done against him honest answer
1: oh I would have tied him up I have long arms he wouldn't have landed a punch I just belts him
0: hung on Nine and seconds, some-
1: 10 seconds. Someone getting your 11, 12, 13 seconds. Help me out. <laughs> and then a few
0: left-handed muffins to make it look good. Oh, yeah. Uh, exactly. Strutty, great job tonight, buddy. You get second star, though. Mac T gets first star of the ninth fair. That's fair. As long as bounties, they get first, I'm fine with it. Good stuff. Uh, Steve, good job to you as well, my friend. Thanks to all of you for joining us on the live stream. Appreciate the contributions as always. Love doing these live podcasts and all the interaction with our listeners. We had some new people on the stream tonight too that were tuning in for the first time. So welcome. Please join us again. We're actually going to drop another podcast tomorrow night. Back to back. Got your backs. Got it. So we will see you then. Thanks to our title sponsor, Sherwood Buick GMC. Have a great Sunday and we will see you Sunday night.